This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. This autumn, Sky at Night magazine's Masterclass series returns with a new set of online talks all about stargazing. Over three sessions, we'll be joined by expert astronomers who'll talk us through a different aspect of observing, then stay on hand to answer all of your questions. On the 29th of September, learn how to navigate across the stars and constellations. Then, take a tour of the moon as we get to grips with the lunar landscape on the 27th of October. And finally, check in with the neighbours on the 1st of December and learn how to observe the planets. And if those dates don't work for you, don't worry. They'll all be available on demand after the talk. Tickets cost £15 each, or you can save yourself £9 by getting all three at once. Visit skyatnightmagazine.com and click on the virtual events tab at the top of the page for more details and to book your tickets now. Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, a weekly guide to the best things to see in the Northern Hemisphere's night sky. In this episode, we'll be covering the coming week from the 12th to 18th of September. I'm Ezzie Pearson, the magazine's features editor, and I'm joined on the podcast today by reviews editor Paul Manny. Hello, Paul. Hello there, Ezzie. This, this is a really interesting week, you know. Really Ooh. is good. Yeah. Ooh. Well then, without further ado, please do tell us what we've got coming up in our night skies. Well, for his first start, the first two days, the 12th and 13th, there's nothing happening. <laughs> <laughs> Here we start off with saying it's an interesting week, and then I say the first two days is, is well, actually it's not very good. However... It's giving you a break to get ready. <laughs> exactly. They've got to get ready because on the evening of September the 14th, we've got one of those wow events, well worth trying for. Depend, even, even if you're a beginner, you know, have a look because the moon occults the planet Uranus. Now, these don't happen often. So, you know, mm. this is one of those times where they, it all works together sort of thing. Some occur when the moon's below the horizon and Uranus is below the horizon, so it doesn't work for us. But for the UK, we actually do get to see this one. You need to be looking from about 10.30pm until about 11.20 for the reappearance. Now, the disappearance of the planet is actually on the bright limb, and that always causes problems. Um Visually, I mean, you've got to remember that Uranus is plus 57 the moon, <laughs> it's minus magnitude, it's about minus 12, if I remember right. Yeah. So it's pretty bright. Slight brightness it's difference a, there. It is a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. But we're up for challenges at the magazine, aren't we? We like mm. our challenges. Absolutely. So, uh, so it, but it's worth doing because you're seeing a planet. And the thing about stars when they're occulted, they go out straight away. They're mm. a pinpoint source. Uranus 
Um, I mean, Pete's got a really good article about this in actual fact in the Sky at Night magazine for September. Yes. And, uh, he actually points out that the disc being about 3.7 arc seconds, uh, in diameter, it takes about eight seconds for it to, to disappear. I mean, eight seconds is almost an eternity. It's an eternity, yeah. is he? You know, it'll feel like it's sort of, but I tell you what, those eight seconds will flash by, um, when you're trying to image it. It's how so, you know it's a, it's a planet, not a star, because they just like blank out. Exactly. This is the point. This is, it, that's why it's so different and they're so rare. We don't have many of these come along. So, you know, it's well worth having a go at something. You will need a telescope for this. And to be honest, you will ideally need high magnification so you can at least see something of a disk of the planet. But it'll still be interesting to follow it and see it as the moon creeps up towards Uranus and then begins to cover it. Now, it'll be interesting if anybody does observe it sort of thing, you know, we'll, we'll be trying, I'm sure I'll be trying as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, cloud permitting, <laughs> the usual uh, caveat. There is an unusual thing, and, and I can understand why Pete didn't mention it, is that, of course, there is the moons of Uranus. Now, because the moon is so bright, my suspicion is that they will be too faint, they'll be swamped by the moonlight. But, you know, I'll be looking out for them just in case. You never know. And if you're imaging, you'd throw the gain up really high just to see if you pick them out. So you never know. You might pick them out as well. But the main event is this rather unusual occultation of Uranus. So this is on the 14th of September between 10.30 and 11.20. So do have a go at trying to find this sort of thing. Because I think it's, I mean, seeing, again, solar system in motion, isn't it? We're seeing the moon moving against the background stars, and in this case, a planet as well as a bonus. So there we are. Now, moving on, September the 15th, the moon, of course, is moving along. And in it surprise, that was September the 14th. Literally, it's about 15 degrees further across the sky, the moon, from Uranus. So Uranus, as I mentioned the other week in Ashraf, is almost level as it's rising about 10 o'clock with the Pleiades star cluster, the Pleiades, and Uranus, they're getting into the evening sky now, a lot easier to see. So 10 o'clock as such seen here, and we've got Mars in Taurus as well. So the moon on the, uh, sort of like the 15th lies below Messier 45, the Pleiades star cluster. Then on the late evening on the 16th, it actually lies above Mars. So there we are. So we've gone from Uranus to the moon passing the Pleiades to the moon actually passing and being above Mars. And Mars will be quite bright. It is heading towards opposition. And so, and it'll be quite bright. So another star. There, it looked like another star below the moon. And that's no star. It's the <laughs> planet Mars instead sort of thing. So uh, I, 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 I've been observing it recently and it's been quite impressive. I, I mean, there's not a lot of detail. It's a small disk, you know, mm. so, uh, you know, but... It's nice to see it back in the sky, and Absolutely. when it does get higher up, if you if you want to leave it to, for a few hours, it gets quite high up in the sky now. Um, so, but it's the colour, you know, that gorgeous orangey red. Absolutely. You can understand why they thought, oh, it's like a piece of fire in the sky itself, sort of thing. So there we are, and it's in Taurus. I mean, how easy it is to find Taurus? We, it's a co- easy constellation for a start, and it's got Mars passing through it. Okay. The next evening, the 16th, is also Opposition Day for Neptune. So we had Juno the other week, and this is an interesting fact, that when you have an opposition, say, we mentioned Juno last week, and Neptune is to the east of it, 
and it doesn't take many days before we're then at opposition for Neptune. So this will be Neptune. Magnitude 7.8, so it's now visible all night. It lies in Aquarius, but only just. And I say it's a good guide, actually, because the circulate star asterism of Pisces is above it, is north of it. And, of course, if you can't find that, well, you've got this bright planet called Jupiter to the left. <laughs> so there we are. So uh, here we are. So minor planet Juno is still also to the right. So you've got Juno, you've got Neptune, and you've got Jupiter as well. And I say Neptune is now visible. I, I love it when it gets to this point whereby it's actually visible throughout the whole night uh, because it becomes easy to see for me from my back garden because <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. so much in the way in the east sort of thing initially. So they are September the 16th. Now, <clears throat> some weeks are a bit shorter than others because there's not as much happening. We stick with the moon, but finally the moon lies between the actual horns of Taurus. It forms a shallow triangle as such, and of course it's now getting a thinner crescent. So it's heading towards the horizon, it's getting lower and lower in the sky. And on the 17th, it's actually at last quarter, so it'll look like a half phase mm -hmm. so there are the moons rising around about 11 o'clock it'll be above the horizon northeast in the horns of, of taurus and mars will be off to its right as well so you know we, we have a sequence where we've had the moon going past several objects to finish off the week but uh, it's always well worth having a look at and i wonder how many people look at the late night moon I, I do sometimes mm. have people say, you know, what happens to the moon after it's full? I, I don't see it. Well, that's because you've gone to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's the clue. Because normal people go to bed. You know, they spend the night asleep. The normal thing, the sensible thing. What do we astronomers do? We we stay up. Oh, mind you, we, we like to sleep during the day, which is all right if you haven't got a job. I mean, our job sort of thing, you know, we, we, we can mix and match a little bit, can't we, sort of thing? We mm -hmm. can actually observe to a certain, because we can put the excuse to our editor, well, we're doing this for the magazine. <laughs> I was working last night at 2am yes. in the morning. <laughs> yes, exactly, sort of thing. That's our excuse, as he, and we'll stick to it. But uh, there we are. So, I mean, you've not just got the last quarter moon sort of thing, you know. It's uh, it's one of those things, last quarter moon, and, and, and like the first quarter moon, it's a lot harder to see the earth shine, but it isn't impossible because what you get is a very faint hint of the other half of the moon. So have a look at that as well. So there we are. That's the end of the week and another sequence of events. Well, it certainly sounds like this week's going to be a showcase for the outer planets. Uh, we've got the occultation of Uranus by the moon, and that's happening on the 14th of September. Um, that one's going to be really interesting if you can try and see it. So make sure you pick up the magazine where we'll tell you how to go about doing that in a lot more detail. And of course, Neptune will be on opposition on the 16th of September. So be sure to get your telescope out for both of those. And if you want to keep up to date with all the best things to see in the night sky every week, be sure to subscribe to the Star Diary podcast, and we hope to see you here next week. If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky throughout the month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets, or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes, or neither, our sky guide has got you covered covered with the detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify. 